here at Cannes, we like to focus on open and inclusive dialogue. For people who are interested in our previous shows, you can find our free archives at Spreaker.com, at the Cannes Project podcast on Spreaker.com, or you can also find ad-free content on Patreon.com. For as little as one euro a month, plus fat, you can help contribute. We do need help, so check us out on either Patreon or Spreaker.com. Are you an artist or creator with a social conscience? Do you have an inspiring story or material to share that's helpful to people? Are you an expert on culture, arts, nature or wellness? If this sounds like you or someone you know, we'd love to hear from you at Can Projects, where we advocate that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and environment. Our talk show Can Projects podcast reaches 20 plus online platforms and features insightful, inspiring and expert guests. You can check out the show on our free archives on Spreaker.com and YouTube. We'd love to hear from you, so please feel very welcome to email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com. Help each other. Help us all. And you're all very welcome to the Can Projects podcast, where we love to talk about culture, arts, nature and wellness. And today we have some literature with classic readings by Chris Sneed, The Wind and the Willows. Hello and welcome back for Kenneth Graham's The Wind and the Willows. They were all busily engaged on him, like watermen applying the Royal Humane Society's regulations to a case of long submersion. When the latch clicked, the door opened and the field mouse with the lantern reappeared, staggering under the weight of his basket. There was no more talk of play-acting once the very real and solid contents of the basket had been tumbled out onto the table. Under the generalship of Rat, everybody was set to do something. Or to fetch something. And in a very few minutes, supper was ready. And Mole, as he took the head of the table in a sort of dream, saw a lately barren board set thick with savoury comforts, saw his little friend's faces brighten and beam as they fell to without delay, and let himself loose, for he was famished indeed, on the provander, so magically provided, thinking what a happy homecoming this had turned out to after all. As they ate, they talked of old times, and the field mice gave him the local gossip up to date, and answered as well as they could the hundreds of questions he had asked of them. The rats said little or nothing, only taking care that each guest had what he wanted, and plenty of it, and the mole had no trouble or anxiety about anything. They clattered off at last, very grateful and sharing wishes of the season, with their jacket pockets stuffed with remembrances for the small brothers and sisters at home. When the door has closed on the last of them, and the chink of the lanterns had died away, Mole and Rat kicked the fire up and drew up their chairs, and brewed themselves a last nightcap of mulled ale, and discussed the events of the long day. At last the Rat, with a tremendous yawn, said, Mole, old chap, I'm ready to drop. Sleepy is simply not the word. Take your own bunk over on that side. Very well then, I'll take this one. What a ripping little house this is. Everything's so handy. He clambered into his bunk and rolled himself well up in the blankets, and slumber gathered him forthwith. 
as a swath of barley is folded into the arms of the reaping machine. The weary mole also was glad to turn in without delay, and soon had his head on the pillow in great joy and contentment. But ere he closed his eyes, he let them wander around his old room, mellow in the glow of the firelight that played or rested on familiar and friendly things which had long been unconsciously a part of him, and now smilingly received him back, without rancour. He was now in just the frame of mind that the tactful rat had quietly worked so hard to bring about on him. He saw clearly how plain and simple, how narrow even it was, all was, but clearly too, how much it all meant to him and the special value of some such anchorage in one's existence. He did not at all want to abandon the new life with its splendid spaces, to turn his back on the sun and the air and all they offered him and creep home and stay there. The upper world was all too strong. It called him still, even down there, and he knew he must return to the larger stage, but it was good to think he had this time to come back. This place with all his own things, things which were glad to see him again and could always be counted upon for the same simple welcome. Chapter 6 Mr. Toad It was a bright morning in the early part of summer. The river had resumed its wanted banks and its accustomed pace and a hot sun seemed to be pulling everything green and bushy and spiky up out of the air towards him, as if by strings. The mole and the water rat had been up since dawn, very busy on matters connected with boats and the opening of the boating season. Painting and varnishing, mending paddles, repairing cushions, hunting for missing boat hooks, and so on, and they were finishing breakfast in their little parlour, and eagerly discussing their plans for the day, when a heavy knock sounded at the door. Bother, said rat all over egg. See who it is, Mole, like a good chap, since you've finished. The Mole went to attend to the summons, and the Rat heard him utter a cry of surprise. Then he flung the parlour door open and announced with much importance, Mr. Badger. This was a wonderful thing indeed, that the Badger should pay a formal call on them, or indeed on anybody. He generally had to be caught if he wanted him badly, as he slipped quietly along the hedgerow of an early morning or late evening or else hunted up in his own house in the middle of the wood, which was a serious undertaking. We'll be back with more from the Calm Projects podcast after these short messages. Here at Can, we like to focus on open and inclusive dialogue and sometimes a bit of literature as well. So Chris, we're going to, we're, we're opening up a new chapter in the readings, the classic stories for Chris Needs. Yeah, we're going to be starting on The Time Machine, which is a classic, classic H.G. Wells novel. It's a classic for a reason as well, because it's really, really good. I love it. It's been made into a film a few times, and uh, sometimes musicals, audio dramas. Chris Need classic readings. G3 Assistance through Virginia's community colleges is your pathway to a new future. Get a skill. Get a job. Get ahead. You can learn more at virginiag3.com. Do you think all premium fuels are the same? Well, your engine doesn't. Shell V Power Nitro Plus helps keep your engine running like new because it's engineered to defend against four main engine threats. Gunk, wear, 
corrosion, and friction. So next time, choose Shell's most advanced fuel ever. It's fuel for thought. In engines that continuously use Shell V-Power Nitro Plus Premium Gasoline. My sound man, Shane McKay, has his business called MacSoundServices.com. That's M-A-C-K SoundServices.com. What he does for me is I send him my shows, and he, he does audio enhancements and stuff like that. He does miracles if you see some of the stuff I send him and how it comes back. So get a hold of Shane at MacSoundServices.com. M-A-C-K SoundServices.com. You're all very welcome back to the Can Projects podcast. Then he flung the parlour door open and announced with much importance, Mr. Badger. This was a wonderful thing indeed, that the Badger should pay a formal call on them, or indeed on anybody. He generally had to be caught if he wanted them badly, as he slipped quietly along the hedgerow of an early morning or late evening, or else hunted up in his own house in the middle of the wood which was a serious undertaking. The badger strode heavily into the room and stood looking at the two animals with an expression full of seriousness. The rat let his egg spoon fall on the tablecloth and sat open-mouthed. The hour has come, said the badger at last with great solemnity. What hour? asked the rat uneasily, glancing at the clock on the mantelpiece. Whose hour, you should rather say, replied the badger. Why, Toad's hour, the hour of Toad. I said I would take him in hand as soon as the winter was well over, and I'm going to take him in hand today. Toad's hour, cried the mole delightedly. Hooray, I remember it now. We'll teach him to be a sensible Toad. This very morning, continued, t- continued the badger, taking an armchair, as I learned last night from a trustworthy source. Another new and exceptionally powerful motor car will arrive at Toad Hall on approval or return. At this very moment, perhaps Toad is busily arraying himself in those singularly hideous habiliments so dear to him, which transform him from a comparatively good-looking Toad into an object which throws any decent-minded animal that comes across it into violent fits. We must be up and doing Ere it is too late, you two animals will accompany me instantly to Toad Hall, and the work of rescue shall be accomplished. Right you are, cried the rat, starting up. We will rescue this poor unhappy animal. We convert him, and he'll be the most converted toad that ever was before we've done with him. They set off up the road on their mission of mercy, Badger leading the way. Animals, when in company, walk in a proper and sensible manner, in single file, instead of sprawling all over the road and being of no use or support to each other in the case of a sudden trouble or danger. They reached the carriage drive of Toad Hall to find, as the Badger had anticipated, a shiny new motor car of great size painted a bright red, Toad's favourite colour, standing in front of the house. As they neared the door, it was flung open, and Mr Toad arrayed in goggles, cap, gaiters, gaiters, and an enormous overcoat came swaggering down the steps, drawing on his gauntleted gloves. Hello! Come on, you fellows, he cried cheerfully, and on catching sight of them. You're just in time to come with me for a jolly... to come for a jolly... for a... er... jolly... 
His hearty accents faltered and fell away as he noticed the stern, unbending look on the countenances of his silent friends, and his invitation remained unfinished. The badger strode up the steps. Take him inside, he said sternly to his companions. Then as Toad was hustled through the door, struggling and protesting, he turned to the chauffeur in charge of the new motor car. I'm afraid you won't be wanted today, he said. Mr. Toad has changed his mind. He will not require the car. Please understand that this is final. You needn't wait. Then he followed the others inside the door and shut it. Now then, he said to the Toad when the four of them stood together in the hall. First of all, take all those, all those ridiculous things off. Shan't, replied the Toad with great spirit. What is the meaning of this outrage? I demand an instant explanation. Take them off him, you, then you too, ordered the Badger briefly. They had to lay the Toad out on the floor, kicking and calling all sorts of names before they could get to work properly. The rats sat on him and the mole got his motor clothes off him bit by bit and they stood, up, stood him up on his legs again. A good deal of his blustering spirit seemed to have evaporated with the removal of his fine panoply. Now that he was merely told and no longer the terror of the highway, he giggled feebly and looked from one to another appealingly, seeming, seeming to quite understand the situation now. You knew it must come to this sooner or later, Toad, the badger explained severely. You've disregarded all the warnings we've given you. You've gone on squandering the money our father left you, and you're getting us animals a bad name in this, in this district by your furious driving and your smashes and your rows with the police. Independence is all very well, but we animals never allow our friends to make fools of themselves beyond a certain limit. And that limit has been reached. You're a good Now, you're a good fellow in many respects, and I don't want to be too hard on you. I'll make one more effort to bring you to reason. You will come with me into the smoking room, and there you will hear some facts about yourself, and we'll see whether you come out of that room the same Toad as you went in. He took Toad firmly by the arm and led him into the smoking room and closed the door behind them. That's no good, said the rat contemptuously. Talking to Toad will never cure him. He'll say anything to get out of there. They made themselves comfortable in armchairs and waited patiently. Through the closed door, they could just hear the long, continuous drone of Badger's voice rising and falling in waves of oratory. Presently, they noticed that the sermon began to be punctuated at intervals by long-drawn sobs, evidently proceeding from the bosom of Toad, who was a soft-hearted and affectionate fellow, very easily converted, for the time being, to any point of view. After some three quarters of an hour, the door opened and the badger reappeared, solemnly leading by the paw a very limp and dejected toad. His skin hung baggily about him, his legs wobbled, and his cheeks were furrowed by the tears so plentifully called forth by the badger's moving discourse. Well, I think we'll leave it there for now. Come back for part seven, in which toad is going to be... Um, Taken in hand, should we say. We're at about the halfway point in the book. You know, from the first day when the mole leaves his hole and travels out to meet the rats. And then he meets the stoats and he meets the to toad. It's been, a bit, it's been a bit of a journey so far. 
but it's still possibly my favourite bit is to come. Well, let's see it again soon. And the Khan Project's email is canprojects.info at gmail.com and you'll find a link to the Khan Project's website in the description. All the best. Projects Culture, Arts, Nature and Wellness is an outreach project advocating that active engagement in positive and creative outlets is beneficial to our health and our environment. If you'd like to contact CAN Projects, you can email us at canprojects.info at gmail.com and the link to our website is in the description. Are you super interested in shiz culling and get totally excited by pyramid programs? Do you feel ready to give your money to a faceless stranger on a pinky promise of endless returns? Then this is not the podcast for you. T's and C's don't apply because shiz not real. <laughs>